Hi, and welcome back to Real Estate Sustainability. This is Mike, and I'm not with Nick today. That might seem a little weird, but it is true. The reason why is because I got an opportunity just a few weeks ago to speak to a large group. I think anybody who's been listening to this show knows that one of my goals is to work with large groups and create sustainability and or kindness projects, which I believe are one and the same. Well, that's what I got to do. I'm working with a new political group called Forward. Most of us know Forward from Andrew Yang. But what it did is it allowed me to talk to a group of people looking to make a wave and see if maybe kindness is one of those things that they want to do. I kind of found out it was on their list. They just hadn't really fully got to it yet. The leader in Arizona asked me to come on and speak to the team. So, of course, I'm going to do that. That's what this is. This recording is that opportunity. Now, I had to cut out a lot because, well, I didn't have permissions yet from the forward group to add the Q&A. Hopefully later, I'll be able to add that in either as a separate show or maybe a short where I can break it up into a couple. But it was a great experience with a lot of great people. So I do hope you enjoy this speech for the Arizona Forward Group. All right. Thanks, everyone, for coming today, taking time out of your Sunday. Just as a curious, if everyone stayed muted throughout the presentation and then uh, if you have any questions throughout you can uh, pop them in the chat and then towards the end we'll go through those all right let me go ahead and introduce michael here michael nazarian from michigan has a master's in engineering management from eastern michigan university is a deep passion for creating sustainable systems at the institutional level as well as creating sustainable livelihoods for us individuals he is involved with politics having held several seats in Michigan and founding innovative works such as the Edible Landscapes Project. He's the author of Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life and host of Realistic Sustainability Podcast. Um, Michael's going to talk about how Forward could become more than just a political party by prioritizing community enrichment and sustainability. Uh, Michael, you can go ahead and take it away. Sure. Thank you very much. appreciate that. Let me give me one second here while I share my screen for everybody. Can we see it Okay. Perfect. Thank you very, very much, everybody. Kindness projects and action plans are kind of one of those things that I just absolutely love. It is one of those things that no one can argue about. So I I started to think about it here just recently. I've lived in my town for about four years and some things happened as I started to work my way through a project that we designed here in Durand, Michigan. And I was lucky enough that Arizona would let me sneak into some of their meetings for forward and I can go to the Michigan meetings. And I started to think how these are really, these can be connected. There are some, some things that we can do that can really set forward apart. Now I'm a bit biased because I love these kinds of projects, but today my, my goal is to convince the state of Arizona and the forward group to adopt kind of a philosophy, create a core value. I always want to say create a core value of kindness, but from all the people I've met, that's kind of there by default, but I kind of want it on paper, like create something that other political organizations can't really compete with. And this might be one of them. Now, in order for me to get your attention, I got to at least tell you who I am first. My name is Michael Nazarian. I'm married with three wonderful children. I am an automotive engineer by trade. I am a sustainability nerd. I own a community community enrichment center. I bought an old bank so that I could work out of it with engineering stuff. And in the process, we turn it into a community center. Kids STEM, reading labs, and adult enrichment classes are held here. 
for years now, since 2016, I've worked with a company called Stemnetics that helps kids on the north end of Flint. I'm sure everybody knows the city of Flint, Michigan. It's usually one of the most underserved cities in Michigan. And so we spend a great deal of time in what people call the worst place in the United States. It's not to help kids with STEM. I'm a sustainability consultant, a co-host of the of the Realistic Sustainability, the podcast. And I did write that book that he was talking about earlier, the, uh, the Beginner's Guide to Green Your Life. I am an adult who went back to school at 36. So I was a dropout prior to that, started school 10 years ago. Got my associates from Mott Community College, bachelor's from U of M. That's where I learned I love sustainability. And then my master's from Eastern. But more, more importantly, the things that I've done is I've tried to embed myself a little bit within my community, mainly because my kids go to school here. I had put roots down and I thought, well, I should probably be a part of my community. Here in Durand, it was a different environment. Everybody kind of functioned separately. We had a lot of great people, but they didn't always work together. So I requested a spot on the planning commission. That's an appointed position. The mayor at the time appointed me to that position. I've held it since. They've also appointed me to to be on the committee for the city's new master plan and their non-motorized transit plan. Since then, I've helped found the Edible Landscape Project, which is one of those pride things. It's one of those things that I'm very, very, very prideful that I've started. And that's the example I'm going to give you today. And I'm also on the board of the Chamber of Commerce. A little bit of background before I go too far. I have really kind of dipped my toe into a couple of different political realms. When I was younger, I went to the Republican Party and I I went to their meetings. It didn't take very long before I As I was explaining to people that no one believes every single thing on a menu and that if you believe more than not, you're probably in the right place. That, at least in that group, was not the answer. I was told that I didn't have to come back if I didn't want to. I took the hint. So then I went over to Blue Team and went, okay, the Democratic Party, maybe I'm welcome here. And I was, but it was like, and some of my nerdiness is going to come out, it's like sitting through a meeting with the Ents from the Lord of the Rings. It was slow you were there to be seen, not heard. And if you weren't there for 20 years, you weren't getting a word in edgewise. The best person didn't always get to run, but the next person did, which kind of fell into hurting the party. And that bothered me quite a bit too. And then after I was in college and I fell in love with sustainability, my mind went straight to the Green Party. What a great idea. It's in my wheelhouse. Climate's got to be their number one issue. What I found when I was there is there's a tremendous amount of wonderful people there, but the culture is to protest, not to win. They didn't have the structure in place. So instead of trying to work with those parties, I just decided to do my own thing. I say do my own thing very, very loosely. Let me take this second to just say the people who have helped build these programs have actually done the bulk of the work. You're going to hear about a councilman, Jeff. That man does way more work than I do. The Chamber of Commerce leader, Candace, and the DDA leader, Lori. These people have decided that this is their program and they do a ton of work. So don't let me ever say I, because it is a we. And without those we's, none of this gets done. Anyways, why should kindness projects be a cornerstone of forward? Well, we always talk about being the solution. Well, we're still talking. This is opportunities to just do things. I'm wearing a shirt that says it. I always have logos on just about everything I say do is greater than say. If we do something, no one can really argue with, are we doing the right things? If you're out sweeping the streets, it doesn't matter what it is, you're helping. We want to help communities 
start to become more stable. That's that, that stability. It's that conversation I always have, the high tide raises all ships. When town is doing good, everybody is doing good. And it doesn't matter if it's one town, two town, or the whole state. If we're helping and things are going well, then it's good for everyone. Kindness is sorely missed. I have found out that people are craving it. People are craving not only kindness actions, but just someone to believe in, someone to trust. I have only done a little bit of stuff here, but people trust what I say. People trust when I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. That has created this idea that I can do anything. It's not true. And I'll try never to say that I'm going to do something I can't. But people crave it so much, it attracts them to it. And as a young party, that's kind of important. You're, you are trying to draw people in, let them see who you are. You don't want them to see political party because right now it's a dirty word. You want them to see the people who care. Because at least in my experience from talking to the team in Arizona and talking to the team in Michigan, that's what it is. A ton of people who really do care. I've also been taught my whole life to just do a job until someone gives you the title. I don't think that's a half bad idea for a young political group. Right now, it's going to take years before big national party runs happen. And I know those are the optics, the things that everybody sees. But if people are getting to be known in the community, they're going to end up in positions. And that's a good thing. Just do it. And we'll know who should run because the citizens will tell you who should run. And it's a little hard to lose an election when the citizens tell you to run. And at the very minimum, what's the worst that can happen? Nice things happen to people. I don't, I'm not really sure where to take it from there. Just good things happen. You feel good because you've helped people. I'm not sure if there is a worst that can happen. But this bottom quote is where I saw the connection. Red team and blue team own the game. They literally own the game right now. And everybody hates the fact they own the game. The, The reason why... The Green Party, the Libertarians, U.S. Tax Party have struggled so much gaining traction as a third as they're trying to play the same game. Well, you sometimes have to change that game. And I think this is one of those things that does it. Think about it. Can you see any high-ranking official in Congress on either red team or blue team who's falling behind to a forward member because of all their kindness? Do you see them sweeping the streets in Flint, Michigan? They won't know how to manage it. So this can be kind of a game changer you grow within the communities around you. So let me kind of try to prove it with a story. During COVID, Durand had a lot of problems. Small businesses were already struggling, and so were a lot of the residents. COVID hit us hard. And this is a a politically polarized little town. Everybody had their own reasons why things were bad. But the end of the story is, it was just bad. It was hard for everybody. So a lot of the leaders started to come together trying to figure out what can we do to help. There was money in Shiawassee County for food programs. So they bought food from the local restaurants and myself and others drove around delivering meals to everybody once or twice a week. But that's not enough. We needed something that would galvanize the community, kind of change the culture a little bit while we had this opportunity and feed people. People need food. So I sent a meme to one to Congress, or I said Congressman, Councilman Jeff, he's not a Congressman yet, but Councilman Jeff said, we have to do this. We have to find a way to get the city to approve this. And all it was, was in Europe where they were growing little planters of food everywhere. So he had me design a program. That's what this is. 
I won't take you through the whole program because there's a lot of funny conversations, a lot of good things that happened during this process. But the end all be all was the city said yes. Jeff recused himself and everybody else voted yes, which was a little challenging to get because I was put in between an argument about bringing marijuana to town and chickens in the city limits. So everybody was there to fight. But for those few minutes, everybody got along. They all started nodding. They knew this was something that would help. For us, it would create foot traffic in front of our businesses and create more walkability through downtown. People have been using their cars. We have more parking than people in this town. Cars pull up, they get their one item, they leave. No one wanders the streets. This this would help that. This would get people downtown just wandering around. What I didn't know is it would get more than just residents wandering around our downtowns. It actually did quite a bit more than that. So the city approved it. They gave us a whopping $350. I requested that because no city has ever paid for a project like this. So I kind of played to the ego that if they gave us something they felt was scraps, they could be the first ever in the United States to do something. And they chose yes. As a pilot program, we would try this out. Well, as you can see here in some of the pictures, people started showing up. Now, some of this is fresh out of COVID. Everybody wanted to go do something and get out. But Anywhere between 10 and 40 people would show up to go clean the city because what we did is we created a beautification committee and edible landscape project just kind of fit under that. So in the meantime, when there wasn't a weed to pull, we cleaned the city. We swept the streets. We pulled the weeds. You know, we we did the things to make town look good. In Durand, citizen involvement sometimes was low. And in this program, it wasn't. There was people all over the place, coming in for these meetings for us to go and yank weeds and clean up areas so we could get ready to plant that weren't even from Duran. People started to come from the local towns to be a part of it. Matter of fact, in these photos, I bet you can't tell which ones are Democrat, which ones are Republican, which ones are independents, or which one of these people hate each other. I can because I know them. And guess what? They don't hate each other anymore. It didn't take long before it was more than just people talking. We started to get the local newspaper out here. The Argus was constantly coming out, doing articles about how people were managing. And don't get me wrong, there were people upset we did this. There's always people upset you do something like this. We stayed positive. We answered it with positive answers. We heard things like every homeless person in Michigan will live in Durand. We answered it with, well, we have job openings. It may just work out. If it becomes a problem, We'll answer it then. But until then, it's not a good reason not to feed the city. And it kept moving us forward. Next thing you know, TV stations are showing up. Yep, those are a couple pictures of me on television explaining how we put plants in the dirt so people could eat it. And then, oddly enough, I'm sitting at my desk working, and I get a message from the New York Post requesting a quote. I promptly deleted it as spam because I did not know why I'm receiving these. Finally, someone called my phone and said, you know, based on the AP article, I'm sure you're very busy, but can we get a quote? I didn't know that this little program in a town or a city with 3,000 people in it just made AP news. And when it hits AP news, in case you're wondering, it gets a little silly from there. My email was full. People were calling. It was in Switzerland times. Now, let me remind you, we took seeds and plants and put them in the dirt like everybody else does in their backyard. We only did it on public ground so that the public could eat it. And people in Switzerland now know. 
So I was excited and a little sad, but okay, this is good for Duran. People were coming from all over the state to come see the same plants that were in their backyard, but on our streets. They were praising the town, the mayor's getting phone calls. At this point, he'll let me do anything just because he's getting all this praise. Things are going great. And no one's eating the food. No one. Because immediately everybody thought it was for the quote-unquote needy. And no one wants to be seen as the needy. That was the next problem we had to solve. We literally staged pick events where I carried bags of rocks, pretending like I'm picking food and waving to the cars because I was seeing people at midnight and one o'clock in the morning picking. People needed the food. They were just trying not to be seen. Well, that's a stigma that has to be broken. So we did multiple events pretending to pick, taking things and giving it to people. And it started to work. People started to walk the streets and pick. And that positive feedback loop just kept working. The more people who did it, the more who wanted to do it. Before I switch slides, I got to tell you, top left, you'll see friends at the, at the shores. That article is a picture sent to me from, from one of my best friends. His mom follows everything we do. This was the article from Durand, and it was about the Edible Landscape Project that was in the little newspaper in the village paper in their retirement community in Florida. She took a picture, sent it to him. He sends it to me with, apparently my mother is stalking you. But that's what happened. It just kind of went everywhere. It was, people were confused by the concept. That's where we've come today. That's why I say, if we make these little changes that grandma and grandpa used to do anyways, these kindness, this just accomplishing things without permission, that people just, it just creates a shock factor. It didn't stop with that buzz. People started picking food and posting it. People are making dishes. Look what I made from our edible landscape project. I was fed today by my city. It used to be everybody complained that the city didn't do anything for the residents. They spent $350 and that went away. They, people didn't feel that way anymore. They were running out. They were picking food. They were able to eat. Now, granted, we only had so much. There was a little, you know, there was some people bummed when they couldn't get enough, but the city used its money to help its citizens. Also a novel concept. So as you look through here, you see Facebook post after Facebook post of people just excited. Remember I talked about Jeff? Well, there's Jeff. Jeff is not only excited about being able to do the project, but he is giddy at this point. When it, what is this? October 19th of last year, his pride in how people were acting was so through the roof. You couldn't get a smile off this man's face. So here we are coming out of COVID. Business is still a little bit struggling, but now we have mayors from other towns coming in. We have citizens from all over Michigan wandering the streets of Durand, which is not a common occurrence. And Durand is benefiting from it. People would come to me while I was cleaning up gardens. Can I, what, what is this? I'm like, you've never seen a garden in the middle of a town before? If when you're done eating, feel free to take some produce with you. They're like, I, I'm not from Durand. I'm like, well, we don't have the manpower to card you. So it's going to be okay. Just take what you want. And that buzz started to become not just Durand. This simple concept, very simple concept, became a regional pride for Shiawassee County. And even in Genesee County, because I invited the health department. Who invites the health department to anything? I, I feel like they don't get to go to birthday parties or weddings. We invited not only Shiawassee County, but Genesee County. 
We invited the EPA, who didn't come, but they did send me some literature. And we invited the state of Michigan, who did come and take a tour. In case you're wondering in Michigan, this food is not only safe, it's free, it's fresh, and legally, the restaurants can use it because that we don't charge money for any of it. So we have two large gardens in front of a barbecue house who in the morning, sometimes they're fresh greens. That's where they get them. The zucchini in their mixed vegetables, that's where they get them. That's closer to farm to table. That's right over there. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to bring food to the community, just mixed in as part of the city. And you would think like local buzz, all these things, these are really, really good. By the way, we're not great at advertising. They're just seeing us. Candace, Candace is amazing. She did send press releases and things of that nature. But most of this stuff, people posting these things on Facebook, these are just some of the ones I caught. Next thing you know, we're being invited to speak at a Michigan conference. Durand is a tiny community. When people, when we got there, everybody was confused. Detroit was there. Grand Rapids is there. Large city managers are there. And here we are. I think we have just over 3,000 residents, and we are the ones that are speaking to them on what they should do with their city. Regional recognition was a big deal to this town. I know a lot of bigger towns, it's not. They get it every, you know, every year, every couple of months. But here in Duran, we had lost population 20 straight years. We were not a, a town growing, which is amazing because we have an expressway exit and an Amtrak station in our town. And the town continued to shrink. I don't think that's going to stay the same. I think that's going to change the next census we see. But in the meantime, Michigan, the Michigan Downtown Association came to us first, put us on the podcast. After that was done, they were like, yeah, I think we want you to speak. And that was my first time speaking publicly about this program. It was so exciting. We got an opportunity to tell everybody how to do their job, which I kind of thought was rude, but it was still a lot of fun. And that's where I started to think about this whole concept that we're doing such a small action for almost no money. And everybody is shocked by it. That shock factor. Keep remembering that because that's important. There's a ton of people around here that are just shocked by the concept. Well, now I do TikTok videos about it, trying to get other people to do it. I just found out that Mayo is putting in lavender gardens in town. They have small planters in front of some of the stores with herbs in them. When my wife went to Holland, a couple of the stores had tomatoes and potters. That's kind of cool. They may not necessarily know exactly where they got it from, but now this little town known for trains or used to be known for trains is starting to be known for kindness and action because we needed to take action. And we did. And of course, everybody worries about where's the money come from? Well, Yes, the city, by the way, has turned this into a permanent project. Right now, the Edible Landscape Project is a line item in the city of Durand, and they give us $500 a year. Well, I grow a couple hundred plants on my own. It, we, we pull seeds from the existing. The cost is very small. We buy tomato cages. We buy a few things like that. We might pay a person to till, but that's about it. Well, Blackmore Row Insurance has this thing that they do where if employees want to wear jeans, they throw a dollar in a bin. And at the end of the year, they donate that money. Well, it was the Edible Landscape Project that got the $402. On top of that, Ace Hardware in our town sold their 1941 fire truck. Yeah, the pictures right there. They sold it by auction and gave the whole proceeds to the Edible Landscape Project and the Beautification Committee in Duran. 
over $5,000. That project is good now. It's good for a long time. We're now talking about possibly putting up a community greenhouse with some of that funding. And then the company who auctioned it donated their fees. Money is coming in from companies and different people from all over the place that wished we would have done this stuff in the past. These are people who would have donated this whole time, but this isn't the, that wasn't the environment they were in. Now that they're seeing these things happen, and it's not just people talking about it, but it's done. They've eaten it. They have picked the vegetables. It's not just something someone said anymore, because that happens far too often here. Great ideas die in the vine if people don't do them. We made sure by the time the city said yes, the plants were in the ground 48 hours later, that we were up running with signs, actively working to make sure the community knew that it wasn't just another talking point. We did it immediately. Doing is the biggest part of these projects. So now here we are with this project with a good-sized bank, and we don't necessarily need it. We'll continue to use it to improve the city. Now, it may not always be plants, but we're, we're talking about putting together small grants for facade repair, help business owners change the fronts of their building, make them look nicer, which means this little project that started with $350 and a handful of people is literally changing the look of our city. It is changing the culture of the city. And it's changing how people look at our city. I was laughed at before I moved here because it was kind of considered a backwards town between two cities. Less people do that. My friends who refused to move here moved to a very expensive town. They got a third of the house for twice the cost, who are now spending every, every festival of Durand with us here. Every event, they are here with us. And they're kind of kicking themselves because they would have got a lot more for their money living here. Now they have to drive here for all the events and occasionally produce. Not everybody's going to be happy when you do nice things, but that's okay. Unfortunately, I think since the 80s, we've been slowly conditioned to think more of the eyes than the we's. But it takes leaders to create a we. And I think that when you have these kinds of programs, leaders rise to the top. Leaders end up leaders without knowing that they were that person. They wanted to do something kind. It worked. Next thing you know, they're leading a group of people doing wonderful things. And that's what I hope that we will see in Arizona, is as Arizona Forward grows, more and more people will join. More and more groups will be around the state. How many groups will you have? Three? Five? What if each one of them helped a little bit? If you've noticed, as I keep going through the slides, it says little bit, little bit, and now in the right corner, big bit. It's one of those mantras I have from the Realistic Sustainability podcast, little bit, little bit, big bit. It's how my mom got me through college, and she wasn't wrong, and it works for everything. If all you did was sweep the streets today, don't wonder what impact you made. The impact was the streets are clean. Tomorrow, do something else. Next month, do something else. Over time, you will just be known as the person who helps people. That is not a bad thing. Arguments and fights fail 100% of the time. Some people think they've won, but both people leave mad. So we don't argue, we don't fight. We pick a cause and we do it. We fix the problem. This is only one of the projects. My community center has done a free mom-to-mom -mom giveaway where the whole community brings in stuff they just no longer need and the ones who need it show up and take it. In case you're wondering, that cost me exactly $0, just a little effort to organize. 
This Halloween, I gave away over $1,000 in free costumes to families because that's a burden. School supplies, $1,500. Not only did businesses pay for that for me, but the city of Flint, which is in a whole different county, gave me a bunch of their supplies because I helped them so much. It's all for, quote unquote, the cause. You start building partnerships and you don't even know you have them. The last time I taught in a a kid's school in Flint, the superintendent said, I need to talk to you about this edible landscape thing. I think everybody needs to eat. And he's not wrong. And I will help with that. The goal of me speaking today is that you feel what I feel. You feel that in order to be viable quicker, it's really easy. You do the things you want to do anyways, which is help others. This photo that's in this one, in this picture actually has our state representative who came in to see the Edible Landscape Project. He ended up donating to the Edible Landscape Project. This is a picture that has a state representative. It has a county coordinator. It has a mayor from a neighboring town. Why? We put food in the ground so people could eat it. That is it. We can, we've learned to strip the politics away from the issue. I had someone call me a damn liberal for giving away food. My answer was, really? You're upset because I'm feeding people? That sounds like something that was supposed to be okay. Everybody chuckled. They got quiet. We moved on. It doesn't have to be a fight. All I'd like to do is make sure that kid isn't hungry anymore. Not sure why you're upset about that. And next thing you know, the politics stripped right away from it. And everybody helped. Kindness broad projects draw unity, and it quiets those pessimistic people. They can't, they can't be there for it. Everybody's too happy to be doing it. I don't know if you've ever stuck your hands in the dirt, but it's kind of therapeutic. And you can do it next to someone you hate, and by the time you're done, you may not hate them anymore. You've just realized that they're not the meme on the Facebook that you were mad at, but just another person. They need food too, and next thing you know, they won't tell anybody, but they might even become friends. Actions will always speak louder than words, as long as we stay positive. And that is why I'm here today. I'm pushing to see if we can do it. How did I model it? Well, I went to college and I kind of thought maybe maybe what I'm learning could be used. Maybe it's not just to pass a test. What if I took these concepts and tried them in practice? Well, that's the food part of that psychological needs. Now the city has added more shade for comfort throughout the city. We've created small parks right in the business area. There's accommodations for bicycles. Less cars come through. It's quieter. It's calmer. More people are walking the streets. And because of that, it's hard to walk all the way down the street, especially if you're older or your legs hurt. We have rocking chairs, pretty expensive rocking chairs on both sides of the street lining in front of all the businesses. Currently, exactly zero have been stolen. We've now created an environment that everybody believes in each other. By default, everybody thought those would get stolen. By default, they thought people would be ripping those plants out and throwing tomatoes at cars because people keep being told the other person is a bad person. And it's not true. When you start putting everybody in one place, they start to realize they're just other people. We started holding concerts right in the middle of the streets, blocking the two whole blocks of downtown, putting a concert dead in the center of it. People would walk over and pick tomatoes and then sit down and listen to the concert. They're all next to each other hundreds of people. And that's different for here. Putting all those people on the streets creates safety. The more eyes you have out there, the less crime that happens. The more people who walk and the more fresh fruits and vegetables they eat, the better they are health-wise. And guess what? We're bringing in businesses left and right. 
I was one of them. I doubled down by buying an old bank and putting a community center in. The other bank across the street that went out of business, that's a groomer's now. O'Reilly's Auto Parts is on the north end. Taco Bell has shown up too. Companies are coming to Duran now, creating jobs. Duran has one of two super sites left in the whole state, which means a large build-out is coming. Not an if, but a when. And the more appealing we are, the quicker that will happen. As this has happened, people have grown and created friendships from who they thought were enemies. They're now having this sense of connection, not only to the city, but the people within it. Why? Because we stuck a few plants in the ground and fed a few people. And everybody thought it was a mind-blowing experience. Little bit, little bit, big bit. So why do I really tell you this story? Because it doesn't seem like it's a political thing. What I want you to see is how it changed a community. This community was blocked off. Every group was its own faction. No one went to the other team's events. Very few people spoke to each other like that. They nod, they smile, but they didn't help each other. The chamber was separate from the Eagles Club. The Moose Club did their own thing. The Masons did theirs. Each church stayed to themselves. Harvest Fest was our last holiday-style event for this year outside. All of them had booths. All of them were together. Everybody was here at the same time. That in itself is an accomplishment, which means no matter what they were thinking before, no matter what their allegiance was, everybody has decided it's for the community. And Forward can do the same thing. If we stop with letting these other parties argue all day and we just do things to fix it, we help in any way we can. I can't tell you how to do it in Arizona. I've never been to the state. I hope I get invited. I will definitely try to come. All we have to do is find out in those communities what's important. In Flint, Michigan, there's coat drives that no one can drive to. So we have a big room full of coats that no kids can get to. Well, we're going to have to get cars together and people together and drive families back and forth to get their darn coats. Because what's the use of a coat drive if people can't get to them? Those are the kinds of things that Forward can do. It doesn't have to be an edible landscape project. If I remember correctly, most of Arizona is more of a beige color than a green color. So you have to kind of pick accordingly. I see you shaking your head, Chris. That's scaring me. You have to to choose accordingly because, again, I'm a sustainability nerd. I'm always going to go in that direction. But communities always need something. Imagine, well, before I go to that, I have to say my favorite quote. Horace Mann is my favorite quote. I got, And I'll, I'll tell you, I got it from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Be ashamed to die until you've won some victory for humanity. And I got to tell you, I didn't start till I was 36, but I'm hell-bent on it now. Imagine if everybody who's elected, people want to vote for, because they worked side-by-side side with that person. They know that person personally. They've met their wife. How many politicians go to the same grocery store as us? How many politicians sit next to us at the movies? They don't. They live in their own little world, their own little quote-unquote gated community. That, if we want anything to change, that has to change. And there's a way to do it. If it takes six to eight years before forward is viable in national elections, what if all those seats underneath are filled with forward members? What if someone did such a great job in a state, they asked them to run for representative? By the time they're really searching for representatives, you might even have some already because the people got to know them. And here's the other thing. I'm from Michigan. Flint is a big deal to me. The Flint water crisis angered me to no end because I worked with those kids. How many people who works with those kids can get elected as governor and then forget the city? I don't think any of them. 
That's how we get leaders. That's how we get people who care. They grew up with those individuals. You don't change the water supply and put risk into it when you've spent the last four or five years helping them. Here's another thing. Let's say I was governor tomorrow. I'd still be in Flint the next week. Job or no job, there's certain things you still do. And I wouldn't be scared to do that like most politicians are because I know the community and they know me. So imagine if we never had to worry about that again, that grassroots really meant grassroots and leaders sprung up from people who just helped communities. That's what I'm talking about today is taking small actions. They don't always have to be massive impact. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Over time, the impact will be insurmountable. These other groups won't know how to deal with it. You've changed the game. It's hard for someone to criticize you in an advertisement when they know when the people they're advertising to know you because you're, you're going to show up this Sunday and help sweep the streets. That's when I think I've done something. The moment other parties criticize the forward party for being too actionable in our kindness projects, however they want to attack, that's when I know we've made it because they don't know how to do it. They, they're not going to sweep a street. They're not going to plant to plant. They only know how to trash something. And it's a little hard to trash kindness. It is my hope that the state of Arizona, soon the state of Michigan, hopefully Massachusetts and Washington state, I get these opportunities to talk to more and more states and they sign on to this. What is this? I would recommend two hours a month. Give me two hours a month. That's all I need. Preferably four, but I'll take two. And if you want to do more, super. You add a drive on online that's just a, a pride, pride drive where people take pictures of what they're doing and throw them in there just for us. Not for the media, not for anybody else. Trust me, they'll pick up on it on their own. Just go do what the community needs. If that community just needs the fence line cleaned of all the garbage near a school, get the team together, grab a few bags and go pick up the trash. Go out and get a coffee and then go home. Next month, give me two more hours. That's all I want. And if we do that, this kindness project, this kind of action becomes a cornerstone of what this grows off of. And if that becomes a bedrock piece of how forward moves forward, it's going to be very, very challenging to, to stop. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate everybody's time. If you have any questions, I can hand it back to Nathaniel. And if anybody would like to contact me, these are the best ways to do so. My name with my email there, greenyourlife.org is my website. There's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and always remember, doing is always greater than saying. Thank you. I had a lot of fun doing that. I get kind of in a groove. I started a little slow, but as I got going, it, I just have a great time talking about kindness projects and sustainability. I know we're bummed there's no Nick there, but we'll bring him back here soon. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you want to support realistic sustainability, you know what to do. Leave us that five-star review. Click a like. Follow us. All those things that tell everybody else, they should do it too. Remember, every time you leave a good review, maybe it's someone reading that review that gives us a chance. So I appreciate it. And last, if you feel like realistic sustainability brings a lot of value to your life, well, Support us financially. You can do that at greenyourlife.org forward slash podcast. And you can do it for as little as 99 cents a month. And for all of you who already do, thank you very much. We do greatly appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. And remember, we only do this getting together each week so we can get a little bit better. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's going on, everybody? My name is Rob, and I'm the host of The Curated Culture, a weekly podcast dedicated to dissecting the latest and greatest news from around the world of tech and pop culture. Now, we all know the internet can be a busy, noisy place, so let us calm that noise for you. Join us as we discuss the latest and greatest topics from the people and sources that matter most. Check us out every Thursday as we jump into fresh, original content, new interviews, and a host of other subjects that we know you'll find interesting. So jump in whatever your favorite podcast app is and search The Curated Culture. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, we'll catch y'all on the air.